This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Our teaching time today is going to be from Paul's letter to the Galatians. And he starts out, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The point here, the first thing that needs to be said is that Christ gave us freedom. So you say, okay, great. What does that mean? Well, first of all, freedom is a gift of Jesus. Second of all, we don't make ourselves free. And third, trying to make ourselves free brings us into more bondage. You say, well, how can that be? That almost sounds like a, a contradiction. Now, as being good Americans that we all are, we cherish our freedoms, do we not? All right. However, there's a wrong belief here about the issue of freedom that Paul is writing about. We have this idea that freedom is... We can do anything we want to do, whenever we want to do it, as long as we don't bother anybody. However, what happens is when you're trying to make yourself free by your own energies, and that's exactly what happens. If you try to make yourself free by your own energies, you're going to burn yourself out because it ends up being a work of the flesh, trying to be free by yourself because to be free on your own, you're back to where they were before you came to Christ. Now, what status was that? Well, it was where we were trying to follow the law and trying to make ourselves free by imperfect, maybe, by trying to obey all of the law. But Peter tells us in Acts chapter 15, we couldn't do that. Why are we making the Gentiles try to do that? Because, you see, the law had... 613 commandments in it. And if you were going to try to make yourself free and perfect yourself by doing that, you were going to have to try to obey all 613 of those commandments that the Pharisees thought up between the time of the last prophet Malachi and the appearance of Jesus on the scene. They had come up with all these extra regulations. You see... Freedom is not trying to earn our way to God, and it doesn't mean we can do whatever we please. What freedom means is we are free from trying to earn our way to God. Does that make sense? We don't have to worry about how we do stuff. What happens is we follow Christ, and we have the freedom to just do what He says do. And we don't have to make up our minds, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're whatever. Freedom also means the freedom from the guilt of our sin. And it means freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. Now we go down to verse 13. For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Again, freedom does not mean anything goes. 
In the light of Romans chapter 7, you remember Romans 7 where Paul talks about the very thing I want to do I don't do and the very things I don't want to do is what I do? Paul means we are unable generally to do the things we want to do, that is, the things that we know are good. In other words, it's those things which the law requires that standard of righteousness. Thus, we are unable to do righteousness because the flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another. The Galatians had opted to resist sin by submitting to the law. However, Paul demonstrated that submitting to the law and adopting works results in surrendering faith. Because if you're trying to work your way to God, you're thinking about your own efforts. And then when you're thinking about your own efforts, faith goes out the window. Why? Because you're trying to do it all yourself and not relying on God and the righteousness that Jesus gives you to follow Christ the way we ought to. Since the flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another, the spirit doesn't empower men who are under the law. The spirit empowers men and women by, who live by faith. Thus, Paul reasons, you cannot do the things the, which the law requires. You cannot keep the standards of the law in the power of the flesh because the flesh is opposed to the spirit. And so, in other words, if you try to do it yourself and follow the law, it's not going to work. So give it up. Stop trying to do it on your own energies and just look to Jesus. Again, we don't abuse the freedom as an opportunity to do whatever we want to do. How many times have you had somebody say, well, I can do that because I know he'll forgive me. Ever heard anybody say that? Uh-uh. That's what we call cheap grace, and it doesn't work that way. You don't have the freedom to do whatever you want to do, to sin at will, knowing or believing that God will forgive you for doing it. Yeah, he'll forgive you, but there's a problem there. Your attitude is focused on yourself and not on Christ. Because if you were focusing on Jesus, you wouldn't be thinking, I can sin whenever I want to, and he'll forgive me. What we are free to do, according to Paul in verse 13 is we're to love our neighbors and serve one another. The freedom that Christ gives gives us the freedom to serve one another and to think about how we would want people to treat us. Okay? So, if you're thinking about how you want other people to treat you, then you go do those same things for other people. Are you following me? Okay. So, the flesh, to clarify that, the flesh is not your physical body. The flesh is the fallen nature inside of us that we can't get rid of completely until we cross the divide and stand before Jesus. Okay. Now, legalists, those who want you to follow the law, fear the freedom. Why? Because they're afraid that it gives you a license to sin. But it doesn't. That's what they misunderstand about this. Walking in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. So, let's move on down to 
that list of things that the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. And by the way, those things mean sex in any other arena besides being married to the one with whom you're doing that. So, that's sexual immorality, and that's also what they call, was it, fornication. Now, idolatry. That's pretty simple. Anything you raise up in your life that's more important to you than God. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, that's self-explanatory, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean you do it once and you're out. It means if you give in to that temptation repeatedly. Because everybody messes up every now and then. So this is someone who is habitually doing those things intentionally. And with the attitude, well, God will forgive me. Sorry, doesn't work that way. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, what we need to keep in mind here is these are not exhaustive lists. Because Paul, remember, at the end of verse 21 says, and things like these. There are other things that are evil that we could mix in there and add to that list. And also, it's the same with that list of the works of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are other things in there that are also fruit of the Spirit. Now, significantly, it is the fruit of the Spirit set across from the works of the flesh. Works are works, and fruit is fruit. Fruit has several important characteristics. Fruit isn't achieved by working, but is birthed by abiding. Remember when Jesus said, in John chapter 5, abide in me and I in you. means walk with Jesus daily. Walk in fellowship with him. Seek closer fellowship with him. Walk with him. Talk with him. Enjoy being in his presence. That's abiding. Fruit is fragile. It means it's easy to give up. Fruit reproduces itself. Fruit is attractive. Because if you see someone who is walking in the fruit of the, with the fruit of the Spirit, they're going to look a little bit like Jesus. And you remember in the Bible, in the, New Te in the Gospels, how many people Jesus attracted to him. Everywhere he went, there was this huge crowd of people following him. Jesus at that time was more popular than Elvis. So... He had masses of people following him because they saw something in him that was attractive. So if we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, they're going to see, people are going to see that. And they're going to see that much of Jesus in us. And that's going to get their attention in a good way. Fruit nourishes. If we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to be an asset to the people around us. We're going to help build up the faith of the other people who are around us. We're going to help build up the faith of those who are wavering and questioning. 
We're going to help build up the faith of those people who aren't sure of their salvation status. And they're going to come ask, what must I do to be saved? And then you can tell them. Now, one more point here. It may be significant that the word fruit is singular. Paul is not speaking of a series of fruits that would be shared around so that one believer has one of those things and one believer has another. Rather, he's referring to a cluster such that all the qualities are to be manifested in each believer. It's like you go when you go to the grocery store and you're shopping for grapes. You, you pull out that stem and you're supposed to take the whole thing, right? That's what this is. You get it as a package deal. That's probably not the right word to use to describe this, but the fruit of the Spirit is singular. It's one package. Either you have one of them or you don't have any of them. One of them, you have all of them or you don't have any of them. So we walk in the fruit of the Spirit and guess what happens? Walking in the fruit of the Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit separates us from the people who are trying to be good on their own. Because we're following Christ and yielding to what he says do. Fruit, again, is singular. Every Christian should manifest all of that, that package deal together all at once. So, what we learn today is to be free from the law. Don't try to be righteous on your own. Just follow Christ. When you follow Christ, you yield to him. And listen for his voice and do those things he tells you to do. And so you're free from the bondage of trying to work your way into heaven. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.